right. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of our 7 Investing Market Madness, where all month we're looking for the best opportunity in the stock market today. We're having a little bit of fun with it. We've got 16 companies that we've matched up in eight head-to-head brackets, and we host spaces uh, to discuss those opportunities. We also write articles for our 7 Investing site, and then we ultimately put the vote up to you on which of those companies should go on to the next round and ultimately win our tournament uh, representing the best opportunity for the stock market today. My name is Simon Erickson. I'm CEO of 7 Investing. I'm joined by my colleagues Anirban Mahanti and Dana Abramovitz, both of whom are lead advisors here at 7 Investing as well. They are also PhDs in computer science and biotechnology, which will make for a very interesting matchup here today because we're going to be talking about two companies very relevant to those subjects, which is Tesla versus Moderna. Of course, uh, Tesla and Moderna are both companies that are in the news a lot. We're going to dig a little bit deeper into the investing case for each one of these. Uh, Anirban, how are things with you, my friend? Are you doing okay down in Sydney, Australia? I'm doing good, Simon. Thanks for asking. Fantastic. And Dana, are you are you here? Are you, can you hear me all right? Are things treating you well in Houston? Um, things are okay in Houston. Great, great. Well, we're going to go ahead and get started. We'll go with Anirban first for Tesla. Uh, again, if you do have questions or you want to chime in with your own thoughts, please uh, s- please request speaker access here in the Twitter spaces. We also have our other 7 Investing Lead Advisor, Luke Callard, and our Marketing Manager, JT Street, in the room as well. Uh, Anirban, I'll hand that over to you. Uh, on this case, Tesla is the uh, is the underdog in this matchup by the numbers based on its 2022 returns. But so far, it's convincingly ahead in our poll thus far. Tell us a little bit about this small company called Tesla that I know you followed a time or two before. Yeah, so the, the small company called Tesla, it you know, we could describe it as the as the king of the hill of the the emerging space called uh, battery electric vehicles. And you know, for a long time, the the thesis has been that well, you know, Tesla started it, but legacy is going to catch up, um, or you know, but what we've time and again, what we have found is none of the legacy OEMs have had the uh, the muscle or the willpower or the tech or all of the things that you need to actually make battery electric vehicles at scale. And, and the closest competitor today for, uh, you know, Tesla really is a Chinese company called BYD. And the others are not really even in competition. As an example might be, you know, you know we have heard of Rivian. Rivian just raised uh, some, you know, some extra funds via uh, green bonds. And, you know, I was just reading through the shareholder letter. I mean, they're still, you know, they're building vehicles in, you know, tens of thousands. They're actually gross margin negative. And, you know, uh, in the past, you know, people have made fun of how hard, it, how, how it shouldn't be that hard to scale up production. But time and again, we have seen that scaling EV production is really hard. I mean, you know, Ford has not really been able to scale them. So if you, if you think about scale in EV and cost advantages, if you think about all the things that a company needs for a moat, then Tesla's got them in the sense that it's got the biggest scale uh, for EVs in the class that at least class of vehicles that it is selling. It has really perfected the art of being very capex efficient. So it's, you know, factories are not costing a heap of uh, money to build. Uh, and over time, they're actually becoming more efficient in terms of, you know, they're spending less money to produce more output. Um, so if you look at the, you know, six to $8 billion a year of capex spend, uh, they're still free cash flow positive after that. 
And and then if you look at everything else that they're doing beyond just vehicles, so we tend to think about them as a, as a vehicle, uh, you know, manufacturing company. But the, you know, the design, the vertically integrated aspect, which was really came through shining in their recent investor day, is this company because of the way that they have gone about vertically integrating every aspect from the design all the way to you know the supply chain and everything. It's just amazing because one of the things they've done is they have got a lot of price control. They've got a lot of control on how things move around in the supply chain. They're optimizing costs everywhere. And that's coming through in, in, in the form of price cuts, right? So they're, they're, you know, in a tough environment, they're able to maintain demand by, you know, using price as a leverage, uh, as, a, as a lever, but they're still able to maintain uh, a decent amount of, uh, you know, operating margin, largely because they have a lot of control on the costs. Uh, so, you know, and then you look at the other aspects, they're doing stuff on, you know, the V11 version of uh, the full self-driving is out, looks amazing. You know, it seems like it's getting closer and closer and closer towards autonomy, uh, you know, probably a couple of years and maybe a few five years away from full autonomy, but it's getting really close as a driver assistance system. It's like, it looks really amazing. Um, and then you look at the energy side of the business, that's really ramping up now that they've got enough cell supply. Uh, uh, then uh, the LFP batteries basically are going off patent. So that actually changes the dynamics in that style of battery. And, th- you know, those batteries that actually fuel um, the energy segment. So the mega packs is what I'm talking about. So I think just looking at the trajectory of this company and the scale and the ambitions and the type of people that they have, um, you know, this is probably one of those once in, you know, a generation company, maybe, even, you know, you know, after Apple being one of the greatest companies that we have seen, this is probably the next biggest one. If we can think of uh, a company that's got leadership, that's got talent, that's got vision, that has a, uh, that's driven by an ambition to do something good. And dream of doing it at a big scale. So yeah, I, I, I think it's one of the you know most fascinating companies out there. And it's not terribly expensive either. It's a pretty interesting one, Anurban. You know, and I know that you followed it uh, for quite some time and I've put some great coverage out for our seven investing site on Tesla over the years. Um, one thing that has come up a lot in the past is, you know, a lot of people tend to just think of Tesla as a car company. You mentioned several of the other things they're working on from the energy de- uh, departments and everything else that they've done. But you've said many times that it's the pace of innovation that Tesla has that's truly its competitive advantage. It's not just battery packs that become commoditized and uh, less expensive over time. It's the pace that, that Tesla innovates and engineers new things out there. Uh, do, do you think that that continues? I mean, do they, are they still so far ahead of other automakers that that's going to continue in the future here? Yeah, so that's a great question. I mean, the way, like, you know, so complacency can be a problem, but but I don't think this company is complacent because they hire some of the best engineers. They provide them with the best opportunities in terms of thinking big. So I think right now it's easy to say that if you compare comparable vehicles, then the other vehicles are probably five years behind um, easily, right? And the, the easiest way to see that I see is like you take a Model Y rear wheel drive, it's probably got a 60 kilowatt um, a battery. Compare that with, you know, comparable vehicles from other companies. They've got a bigger battery, less range. So it's, it's all, it's, those are the sort of examples that highlight that, you know, how much ahead there. You can get to similar specs, but you have to spend more. You have less in terms of margin and so on. But, but to your point, I think 
they're pushing in so many different directions, right? So they're pushing on software, pushing on design. Like you think of the Cybertruck, it's really a different style of design, right? And the usual thought process would be that it's going to be a flop, right? Could be that thinking out of the box actually opens new opportunities and new avenues and things like that, right? So I, I think this is, this is an out-of-box thinker. And, and the, the thing that people forget, it's the innovation with capital discipline. This is sort of, you know, this is called the hallmark of, and I use Apple as an example. If you think of return on invested capital, they've, you know, they've done really fantastic. But this is a company that thinks about, okay, are you getting the incremental buck bang for the buck that uh, you know you're spending whether it's r d or whether it's in capex so then you compare you know you think about all of those then you think about all the work they're doing in ai uh, and then think about what they're planning to do with uh, with uh, their robot it's just it's very hard to you know say that you know their lead is going to all of a sudden shrink at least here the way i look at it is legacy auto have no chance. Uh, and the upcoming, uh, you know, the, 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 the startups in the EV space, they've also got no chance really, or very little chance because they are now up against such a bad environment in terms of, you know, uh, cost of capital is really high. Uh, people are not going to be able to afford $100,000 vehicles because, you know, the interest rates are, go, you know, are through the roof and probably going higher. It's just a really bad environment for all those startups, you know, so that's why they're raising capital. So if you look at the scenario out there, it is going to be very difficult. I, I don't know. The only people who can compete really with Tesla are, are people like Apple and uh, Alphabet. Those are people with capital. Those are the people with talent. They have talent in other areas, and and they are the ones who can compete. But they're not really competing uh, with with Tesla. So Tesla's basically got a free reign of the markets it's really interested in, and and that's I think an interesting way to think about this company. Absolutely. Thanks very much, Nirvan, for the recap of Tesla. I did receive a question of uh, which was why is Tesla ranked number thirteen in your tournament? Uh, the answer to that is the way that we set up the brackets were based upon the 2022 total performance of the stocks that we chose. Uh, Tesla did not have a great year in 2022. It's actually down 69% for various reasons. It's already actually up almost 50% here in 2023. And uh, certainly uh, a volatile stock, but one that, like Anirban says, has got a lot of fantastic things going for it. A uh, reminder, if you would like to follow along with our tournaments, to follow us at 7investing.com slash market madness that's where you can see the updated bracket you can see each one of the matchups you can see each one of our previous articles and get all of our thoughts on each one of these companies seveninvesting.com slash market madness or if you'd like to have these directly delivered to your email inbox seveninvesting.com slash email we'll have those ready for you every single morning as we write the the written piece and then we go into the twitter spaces later in the day to chat about it. Okay, my goodness, Dana, a lot going on with Tesla, like Anirban just mentioned, but Moderna has no shortage of news in recent years, too. This is a company that kind of made an for itself with the COVID vaccine. Uh, what can you tell us about Moderna out there? Well, you know, it, it's it's funny. Um, you know, we learned about Moderna um, because of COVID, um, but really the company has been around for quite some time. And maybe if you weren't, um, you know, a, a fan of RNA as a technology that could be used to treat disease or, you know, any you know, all sorts of different things. Um, uh, somebody like me, um, I actually 
studied RNA, um, messenger RNA specifically um, in grad school, then, you know, you may never have heard of the company until um, COVID. And, you know, it's, it's interesting because the company um, understands the principle of um, messenger RNA and, and how it's um, helps cells create proteins, um, which then can, you know, in the case of a vaccine, um, the way it's being used with COVID and various other therapeutic candidates that it has, um, create an immune, uh, a specific desired immune response. Um, and so just, you know, really being able to, um, you know, provide that message um, and then really deliver it to the right cells such that that um, end result gets um, created and then um, released from the cells such that it can trigger the immune response is really how it works. And, you know, the fact that it has been developing and testing this technology for years and then really got to prove it um, when, you know, COVID hit. And you know, it, we were able to kind of figure out, you know, like, okay, what is this spike protein? What um, message needs to create it such that we can create an immune response? Um, and then it has a really nice delivery system such that it can be delivered um, without requiring cold storage, um, you know, unlike the, the Pfizer um, vaccine. So, um, you know, a really capable um, technology that, you know, it allowed it to, you know, adapt to the various um, variants of, of COVID, um, as well as, you know, all sorts of other um, capabilities that it has in its pipeline. So, um, you know, uh, a, a different type of technology, um, but certainly a, a technology and a company that, you know, is, is trying to do some good in the world, um, you know, certainly helps us, you know, get past, um, you know, a lot of the, the trouble that we were having with COVID. Yeah. Now, Dana, I, I do have to say that I've loved all of the basketball puns in your write-up. <laughs> They've been fantastic. Uh, let me throw in a, another mutual interest of both of ours, which is music, which is I'd like to ask if Moderna is a one-hit wonder here. I'm pretty sure the answer is no, but, you know, it seems like from the write-up that you said that the chemistries that, that it's, it's useful for as the delivery mechanism to get these into the cells where they need to go throughout the body, it seems like that is translatable beyond just the COVID vaccine, right? Is, is there more things that Moderna is working on from a technical perspective, that might have commercial implications too. Oh, absolutely. You know, so, you know, there are various infectious diseases um, that it's working towards. So, for example, um, it, I think, is going to um, getting a, uh, close to getting approval for its RSV um, vaccine. So, um, uh, RSV is a... Um, uh, it's it's been pretty um, prominent recently in a lot of children, um, also older adults, um, but it's, you know, like an upper respiratory, you know, give you the, the sniffles and make you feel really awful, but also flu, you know, it, it can apply that same technology for um, you know, just triggering the immune system. And, you know, and it's not just specific to infectious diseases as well. Um, they um, recently announced um, a, a, a partnership with Merck um, to um, use one of its um, 
uh, a, a vaccine um, personalized for cancer. So basically priming um, a person's um, immune system, um, and this is specifically for advanced melanoma, um, and priming um, a patient's uh, immune system um, in advance of uh, receiving uh, Merck's Keytruda um, immunotherapy. So, you know, that, that is just another one of examples where, um, you know, if you can control the immune system a bit, you can really start to um, manipulate it um, in order to, um, you know, get rid of, you know, things that you don't want, um, you know, cancer being one of those things. And even though cancer, you know, originates with your own cells, um, what makes cancer cancer is that, you know, those cells are no longer responsive to yourself. Um, and so, you know, it, it does essentially look like a foreign object to your body. And so how do you, um, you know, utilize the immune system to um, destroy things that you don't want, including cancer? So um, Moderna, you know, has this um, pipeline um, where it's essentially using and repeating that same technology that it has. It's one of the things that I liked about um, being an RNA scientist is it's actually pretty straightforward to um, make RNA compared to proteins. I, I don't like doing protein work, but mRNA or RNA work is very, very easy. You can synthesize it using a machine. You can get, um, you know, just enzymes and a template to do it. It's, it's very, very straightforward to do. And, you know, if you know what it is, what message you need to make in order to, you know, create that protein, you can, um, you know, get your cell to make it. Absolutely. Thanks very much, Dana. I'm always fascinated by, you know, all of the science that goes into drug development, all the pathways, all of the technical details uh, that, that you bring to light uh, through conversations like this, including those for Moderna, which is in our matchup today, mRNA, for anyone who wants to follow along with that one. The other matchup with, was with Tesla, TSA. Uh, at this point, I think I want to open it up for anyone who wants to speak or, or add thoughts on how they voted in this competition. Please now uh, request speaking privileges. We'd love to hear your thoughts. It's meant to be interactive and fun. Uh, while we're keying those up, though, I do want to go back to both Anirban and Dana. Uh, feel free, if you'd like, and Irban, I'll go with you first to tell me how you would vote in this matchup. But also, if you don't even want to answer that one, I definitely want to hear the better question of this of the two of those, which is what market conditions would require Tesla to be the the outperforming stock in this matchup, and and what do you think is the likelihood of them? So, Irban, let's go with you with uh, with Tesla first for that question. Well, I uh, obviously voted uh, Tesla in in this matchup. Um, well, there are two reasons for that. So. Uh, you know, which one is going to outperform is a function of, uh, I guess, growth opportunities and valuation, right? So I don't, I don't know much about the valuation of uh, Moderna. I actually have an informed opinion as to, you know, what, how the stock is going to uh, do. So I really had one choice here, uh, which, which was Tesla. With respect to Tesla, I think, uh, I think the company is well positioned to, you know, navigate a recession. It's really well cashed up. Um, strong margins that it can, uh, you know, utilize to sort of ride through um, a storm. I, I think it's hard to say what happens in a three to sort of, you know, three-year time frame or a five-year time frame. But, you know, if, if just a five to 10-year time frame basically suggests that, look, we're still very early in the EV 
ramp phase. We are still very early in the uh, the sustainable energy sort of uh, ramp phase. And we are really, really, you know, we're still very early in autonomy and so on. So there are so many of these things in which they have a leadership leadership position and, um, you know, they're well well set to capture it. It, it, it's a significant portion of that market. Now, um, you know, the share of each of these markets is not going to be 100%, not going to be 50%, but even if it's something like, you know, 15, 20% um, at the higher end, I think that can be really, this can be really cash-generated machine. So... So I think, you know, I, if, you, if I consider all of those, I feel like Tesla is uh, still quite a bit undervalued, uh, despite the fact that, you know, the stock has come back up. It has actually pulled back in in, in the recent rate uh, turmoil that's going on with how much the rates are going to go up. But, you know, I, th- I think it's still, you know, it's, it's very much undervalued. I think on the balance of probabilities, considering the opportunities in front of it, the execution it has shown, uh, the talent it has got and the lead it has got and sort of just the depth and breadth uh, of its portfolio um, of products and services that it has. So, um, yeah, that'd be my explanation. Absolutely. And Dana, you know, uh, to key you up for Moderna here, people that are less familiar with this company as an investment might have missed that in 2020, during the COVID year, Moderna's stock price quintupled. Uh, it was up 434% in 2020 and then up another 143% in 2021, obviously a catalyst with COVID there, but it seems like they've got some other things they could translate to. What are, what are your thoughts on Moderna going forward here? You know, I, I think the biggest challenge that the company faces in terms of valuation in the market is, you know, people not fully understanding the science and what they do. You know, I, I know, um, you know, when when the vaccine was started, first, you know, approved, um, you know, and, and people were first starting to, to get it, you know, there were a lot of people that were, you know, you know, really worried and they're, you know, talking about how, you know, vaccines are going to, you know, go into their DNA and, and, you know, just, you know, how it was going to cause this problem or this problem, you know, not fully understanding, um, you know, how, um, the technology works. Um, and so, you know, not fully understanding that it's hard to, I think, appreciate, um, you know, the Moderna's pipeline and the opportunity that they have. And so I think that makes it hard, um, you know, for the market to really appreciate, um, what it is that the company does and, and really, you know, it's opportunity for growth. So, um, you know, it's, it's, it's hard you know, so, you know, it, it's hard for me to, to comment, um, you know, just because I, I um, have a, you know, I, I was talking to a, a, a mentor of mine and, you know, just, you know, how it is hard, you know, for somebody who understands the science and the technology um, to comment on something um, when the market may not fully appreciate um, the, the technology and the science. Um, so, you know. I guess uh, that's to say that, um, you know, it's, it's hard for me to, um, you know, provide a, a clear answer. Obviously, I've kind of skirted it a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I, I, I personally think that, um, you know, the, the company, you know, 
has, you know, like a strong um, pipeline has great opportunity to grow even further than it has. You know, I, I think that, you know, someone can say, you know, like, oh, you know, it, it was that one hit wonder and, and only um, accelerated, um, you know, it's, it's market cap because of COVID. Um, and I, I, I don't think that that's necessarily true. It may come back, um, because the market doesn't understand. Um, and then you would just have to wait for, you know, the, it to solve the next problem, you know, for it to, you know, jump again. But, um, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a tricky one. Absolutely. Well, thanks very much, Nirvan and Dana. Uh, thanks again for, for Luke Hallard, who's listening in, JT Street, who's also listening in from our team. Uh, we're all going to go get prepared for our subscriber call later this evening, where we're actually discussing actual recommendations of seven investings, uh, including Anirban's AI pick, including Dana's biotechnology pick, uh, which are not necessarily being discussed on this on this spaces episode today, but they're actual recommendations for March of 2023. And if you would like to get started with seven investing, a reminder that we are actually giving away our new membership to seven investing starter for free during the entire month of March. Uh, Starter gives you two of our official recommendations, the reports, the deep dives from our team, and it's typically going to be a lower priced $17 per month. We're giving it away completely for free if you check out 7investing.com slash subscribe through the entire month. So thanks everybody for attending another episode of our 7investing Market Madness. Again, 7investing.com slash market madness. If you want to follow along with our tournament, and to see how things are tracking between Tesla and Moderna. Right now, Tesla's got a pretty convincing 75% lead, but a lot can change while the polling locations are open for another 14 more hours. My name is Simon Erickson. We appreciate you being here. I'm going to be giving a recap of the week's events tomorrow morning, and then our next matchup will be on Monday morning as we continue through the tournament here in March. We appreciate your time. Thanks for joining us this time. I'll see you again on Monday morning.